and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I'm Stella, and we are recording live on Instagram, as well as recording the podcast. Um, I was letting people know that I'm excited to go on a little trip this weekend, headed to El Paso to see some family, which is always fun. Uh, I've started to uh, make a tradition of going to El Paso in May, and uh, I go and I see my, my niece, who is seven, I think. <laughs> she's little, um, and my brother and my sister-in-law, and um, so that is going to be a good time. I am packing again, and um, you know, it's kind of nice to reorient to packing for a short trip, and having a home base to come home to, and all of that is really fun. Uh, but I wanted to share with you that uh, the workshop went really well, and this is the first time that I had done it since, uh, I think, like 20, 2019, um, and I had originally written it in 2018, and I gave it a couple times that year, um, but now with all the new stuff with the book and everything, um, it was nice to be able to do the the workshop from a much larger broader perspective uh got a lot of great feedback and uh, we'll probably be having it once a month in albuquerque um the next one is going to be on the 17th which is a wednesday it'll be in the evening and uh so we'll kind of fluctuate between uh midweek and weekend to get as many participants as possible uh but it was a really good time and it was really fun to share uh, in front of a live audience <laughs> um, and talk about, you know, some of the the new things that I've been, you know, doing the podcast on and certainly doing the writing about. So that was really fun. Um, but one of the things that had come up was, so I go through the whole, the whole thing and it's an intro to codependency, right? So it's just kind of talking about the origins, talking about the feelings and behaviors, um, really getting people oriented to the idea of dependence versus codependence, independence, um, interdependence, kind of the gold standard. And what one of the questions that had come up was like, okay, now I've got all this awareness and that's really cool. Now what? And um, it's a lot, right? So I've been doing the podcast weekly since August for the most part. And really talking about kind of how it shows up and how it's shown up for me and how it shows up for clients. And so the next piece is really the boundary piece, right? And so I oriented you guys to boundaries and we broke them down uh, to the different kinds and types and all the things. Um, so the next chapter for me is writing about how to integrate boundaries. Now that you have this awareness, now that you're working on loving yourself better, how to integrate having and managing and maintaining boundaries consistently. Um, and so one of the things that had kind of come up for me in the writing was really looking at like this idea of being conflict avoidant and how that is a really big trigger or it's a really big awareness for how our, how that we need to have boundaries and then how to manage them once we are doing our work to uh, really recognize that like, okay, I know that for me, um, boundaries is super important. And I talk about them all the time because it's, again, how my awareness is oriented in the larger world. And I, when I'm teaching boundaries to clients, it's really important to recognize, you know, 
How are you using the language? Who are you wanting to manage and maintain relationship with? And then what triggers you to go back to old patterns or behaviors of, you know, shutting yourself down or not, um, not engaging in the way that you want to be engaging, especially from a healed and healing growing perspective. The dogs are out in the living room and so they're going to make noise, but not as much as normal. Um, so really recognizing, okay, if you are conflict avoidant or just avoidant in general, when it comes to boundaries, that is a sign that you can practice from a loving yourself better perspective in terms of managing what your boundaries are. And I use the example of my, you know, my relationship with my daughter, but also just like relationships that I want to maintain. Uh, so my friendships, uh, romantic partners and family and really recognizing um, how to communicate my boundaries, communicate my expectations, communicate my needs so that I am living in a way that is loving myself. Uh, what I know to be true is certainly with those those four relationships, so friends, uh, family, and um, just people in general, I am triggered most by family. I am triggered most by the people closest to me. Um, and so I have a trip coming up in a couple weeks and I'm going to San Diego to be with the larger group of my family. Um, and so one of the ways that I set up a boundary was I called my sister, um, the one who lives in San Diego, and I asked her if I could stay at her place. Everybody else is staying at an Airbnb um, and that's all of them together. So like my mom, um, most of my sisters and my brother, and then uh, nieces and nephews, lots of humans, and then my daughter. So um, having been by myself this whole time and really managing, you know, my needs, my expectations, um, really being able to communicate those has been an opportunity for me. to. So I called her up and I was like, hey, um, can I stay at your place rather than staying at the, the bigger Airbnb with everybody? It's really... Um, is really triggering for me and I I want to be able to manage and maintain my peace. And my sister was great and she was like, yeah, absolutely. Like that'll work. I'm going to rent a car and I'll be able to get to the events um, without having to overwhelm myself with staying with everybody and, you know, really taking care of how I manage my peace now um, as a weird, solitary, independent creature. <laughs> um, but she was great. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. Like we're all going through stuff and um, whatever you need to do to, to maintain and manage yourself like that sounds great, which I loved. It was very validating for her to say, whatever you need to take care of yourself, that's totally fine. Um, and then having somebody at the house makes it easier to like coordinate food or, or do whatever. Um, but that was a really lovely way of her honoring my boundaries and, and really for me to practice asking for what my needs are in that moment. Um, I get that opportunity often, um, you know, living with my daughter or spending time with my close people. Um, even today, like we were out on a walk and we were both on the phone, but we wanted to, to walk the dogs and, and, you know, do that together. And so I was like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be on the phone. And she was like, I'm going to be on the phone too. And so we took the dogs. Um, it was really nice. And, uh, at the end, you know, she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm having a lot of big feelings. And so I'm just going to keep headphones in and, and we'll keep walking. Um, 
and that was great, right? Because I was able to communicate that with her and she didn't have to manage my feelings. She didn't have to manage me. You know, we had a, a small kind of conversation about like the plans for our trip. Um, and then later kind of followed up and said, hey, I'm, I'm still really managing my big feelings. Um, are, are you and I good? And so, you know, able to come back together. And so that's kind of what I'm writing about is really being able to to communicate consistently with the people that you want to maintain relationship with. So I don't know if you've all checked out the website, um, but the um, kind of tagline for uh, LX2 codependency coaching is doing relationships better. And a lot of times when we are called to want to connect and be in relationship with other people, um, we want to be able to do that to the best of our ability. And, and as I've said before, like, in the beginning of most relationships that are not like, you know, long term, uh, we have just an affinity for people and we want to meet them where they're at. When we are coming into relationship from our codependency, and especially in established relationships that trigger those past behaviors, it's really difficult sometimes to be able to communicate what our expectations are, to communicate what our needs are right um especially in long-standing relationships um especially with people that we have you know had codependency with it is difficult to uh express our needs to be able to maintain our peace it's difficult to to be able to own even that we have needs and so that is going to be a really important opportunity for you to start to practice your skills and what I have said often is it's important to let the people we're in relationship with know I am doing work to manage my own codependency. I own that I have done whatever behaviors and you can go into whatever detail you want to go into or none at all and that's fine. But really to kind of say from that perspective, I am working on myself and I am working on growing and healing and changing like the evolving human that I am. And so when I do that, I want to be able to express my boundaries or express my needs. And I don't need you to take care of me. I just need you to be aware that this is what I'm going through. So in an ideal world, we say this thing, these things to people that we love and they're like, oh, I totally respect that. Like that is, I want to support you. And, you know, I want to support your growth and, and whatever. Um, fortunately for me, the people in my life and the people that I want to maintain relationship with are people who respect that I am a growing, evolving, changing human. And I respect that they are growing, evolving, changing humans, and they're all doing their work, right? So they're all like in counseling or they've been to counseling or they know what codependency is, or they listen to the podcast and they're like, I get it. You're going through all of these things. And so I can communicate those expectations with them, with new people in my life, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be able to to say words to them and be like, hey, I am working on having boundaries and, you know, this is where it's come from for me or whatever. Um, generally with new people in my life, I'm like, hey, this is what I do. And so check out the podcast, you know, um, it's live on Instagram and I have a blog and I'm going to publish a book. And so with new people in my life, I can orient them to the fact that this is how I function in the world. With established relationships, it's a little more challenging. Um, and my family listens to the podcast and, you know, certain ones of them. Um, and my friends, for sure, like, are all here to support me, which I love. Um, that said, 
in relationships, it is going to be your responsibility to manage your boundaries. Your boundaries are about your behavior and what you accept from other people. In established relationships, they are only used to the way that you behave consistently. And if you are working on any skill, like literally anything, let's say you get a new job, let's say you get a new dog, let's say, you know, you are, you get an injury, like any new experience, you let people know, right? If you have a new baby, if you, you know, start dating somebody or have a new partner, you let people know this is happening in my life. If you are doing your work and working on getting new skills, you let people know, hey, I'm doing this new thing, right? Even if it's just like, I'm learning to paint, I'm going to spend a lot of time painting, or, you know, I'm working a new job and this is the schedule. Like we communicate that with people. They do not know otherwise. And so this is your opportunity to let people know I am working on managing my codependency. I am working on using boundaries. I'm working on communicating what my needs are, right? And so when you orient people to that information, then it is also then your responsibility to say, this is where I need a boundary. I really recognize that, you know, in the past, I have done these things and a past version of me needed to do those things and moving forward, this is what I'm working on, right? People are going to accept it or not. That is their problem. That is a them situation. And your situation is orienting yourself to, this is where a boundary needs to be set. This is how I feel when I don't have a boundary and, you know, I feel like I'm taken advantage of. I feel like I'm taken for granted. I feel like I'm ignored. I feel like I'm disregarded. Hopefully you have, you know, Googled feelings list and you got it on the fridge and you are looking at how to express your feelings. I need time and space. I need, you know, for my emotions to be validated in this moment. I need for my body not to be touched in that way, whatever it is, right? Um, it made me think about, <laughs> there's an episode or a couple episodes of Friends where Joey is dating a girl and she is very physical and she punches him a lot. Um, and so his friends are like, this girl punches you all the time. And, uh, and he's like, I know it's weird, but she's cute, like whatever. And uh, so <laughs> anyway, watch the episode. It's really kind of funny. Um, but when his friends notice that this is happening, he clues in that this is where a boundary needs to be. And I use that reference, one, because it's funny, and two, because I'm of the age that I watch friends all the time, and three, because sometimes other people will notice that we need a boundary before we do, especially when we just start doing this work. And so moving forward, if people close to you who appreciate and respect your boundaries say, hey, this thing happens and, you know, you do this thing in that, in the company of that person, I've had my friends tell me, and it's really, it's kind of awesome to have an accountability buddy who sees me, all of my parts at the same time, and who loves me and says, you do this thing when you're around certain people or when we're in certain situations. And just from, from you know, knowing you the way that I do, it's interesting, right? She comes at it with curiosity. And I love that about her. But she says things like, I'm just curious, like where that comes from. 
And then it clues me in to be like, oh, that is weird. I didn't realize that I did that. And then I get to choose, right? That is a behavior that I didn't even realize that I had. And so having an accountability buddy, having someone in your life close to you who says, this is this thing happens. It's really interesting. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Not from a judgy place, not from a place of wanting to change me, just from a place of awareness and curiosity. It's fantastic because then I can go inside and go, what is that behavior? What is that thing? That's why having an accountability buddy is important. If you don't have somebody super close to you, you know, having that level of self-awareness of, I feel this way when these interactions happen, you can process that with your therapist. You can process that with your codependency coach. You can process that with someone and say, hey, do I do this thing? And then they, you know, can say, yeah, but I just thought that's who you are. Um, it is op- an opportunity to be aware of like where our feelings come from and then maybe where a boundary needs to be set. And oftentimes there are certain relationships, relationship dynamics or people that we're in relationship with that will trigger old behaviors. And I've said many times, and certainly since I've been back, like since I've been back here in Albuquerque, in this house, in these old relationships, I am triggered back to a former version of myself. And before, you know, I did all this like loving better work and all the things I've done, I would be really critical about past behaviors. Today, right now, I am working on just even coming to myself with that level of curiosity. And rather than being hypercritical and using old self-talk or old patterns, I acknowledge that there are past versions of myself that have done these things. I challenge you to also do that and to recognize where your behaviors come from and which relationships or relationship types trigger those past behaviors. We are always learning how to do things differently, right? And anytime you learn a new skill, you'll revert back to an old way of doing it and then it doesn't work out. And so, you know, even driving, for example, because I hadn't been driving for a long time, um, I recognize that I speed often and, um, and I get really stressed out. Like I get super anxious when I drive especially on the freeway or on certain roads here in town. And so what I remembered is if I slow down, give myself enough time or don't take certain roads, then I manage my anxiety much better. And when I am not triggered to anxiety, I'm a much more calm, peaceful, kind person. But when I'm anxious, my first go-to is generally either crying or being aggressive, right? I don't like to be an aggressive driver and certainly here in Albuquerque being an aggressive driver is not a good idea. So I would much rather manage my peace. I would much rather do the behavior that creates less anxiety for me and then less anger, frustration, you know, all of those things. And then I'm much kinder to myself and I'm much kinder to the general world, right? Um, there was a woman yesterday who uh, went on a four-way stop and rather than being like, have a great day, you know, horrible, horrible expletive. I just waved and I was like, clearly you're in a hurry. Have a good day. Um, and that helped me just be a kinder person. How she received it, none of my business, but 
it helped me be better. I could slow down. I could get to my appointments. It was great. All the things. Again, I've been doing this work for a long time. And even now, now that I have gone within myself, looked at all my past versions of me, I'm working on loving myself better. I know that it's a practice. I am not going to be healed or all better or all the things. I teach this from a place of practicing it regularly, right? Um, For people who are, you know, coaches or um, instructors or, you know, teaching skills, like they practice those skills regularly. And, you know, I think about, I had a really good friend who was a yoga instructor and so good at it. Um, she's also a therapist. And so the way that she did affirmations and the way that she did all the things, but she practices yoga regularly. Yes, she gets up and she's a yoga instructor and she teaches us how to do that. But she's also the kind of person who is just really good at doing this thing. And she practices regularly, right? And so the th- the same is true for me when I practice boundaries, when I practice how to communicate those and communicate the expectations, it's because I practice it regularly. It is because I have an amazing accountability buddy who says, hey, you do this thing, super curious. She and I have the best conversations, um, just in general, right, as friends, but also because she sees all of my parts all at the same time and loves me regardless, which is amazing because then it models for me how to do that for myself. And so when we are communicating our boundaries, when we are stepping into this new kind of independent orientation, it is an opportunity for us to be aware of what our triggers are. It is a, it's an opportunity for us to be aware of even what our needs are and then to be able to communicate our, our boundaries regularly and then maintain them through our behavior. Um, I was watching a comedian the other day, uh, John Mulaney, hilarious, talks about <laughs> his intervention Uh, in his comedy special, which is really brave and vulnerable and awesome. Um, I think about interventions on on a regular basis just because, one, I enjoy the show, and two, from a codependency perspective, it's also really um, interesting, (laughs) curious, to watch how people have been affected by um, addiction in a negative way. It's not entertainment in like, a, oh, that's just fucking great. Like, but from a clinical perspective, it's interesting for me to watch that because that is a big and obvious way of how codependency shows up. That said, um, he talks about the intervention. What I know to be true is when we establish a boundary, it is our responsibility to follow through with whatever our behavior is and the other person gets to choose. The cool part about it is that we don't have to take somebody else's behavior personally. What we know to be true is people are going to behave how they behave, and that is not ours to manage. Just like people are going to feel how they feel, and it is not ours to manage. The relationships that we want to have in our experience is up to us. And we don't have to take it personally that you know, my mom, my uncle, my brother, whoever does this thing I don't like, we don't have to manage what they do. We have to manage how we interact with them and whether or not we want to interact with them. Just because someone has a title does not mean that they are immediately granted access to our 
person, space, emotions, all the things. We get to decide. And so the people that we want to have relationship with, and because we care about them, we want to maintain and, and continue to have relationship. It's our responsibility to say, hey, this is my expectation in this interaction. This is how I want to have a, our best interaction together. And so our responsibility is to communicate it. What they do with it is their business. And that's difficult. It's challenging because some people we will lose. Some people will not be able to stick around and be in that boundaried space with us. And that's okay. It's kind of icky and gross sometimes when you think, well, you only liked me when I didn't have boundaries, when I did all the things for you, when I would sacrifice myself or get in the box or change who I am. Yuck. I don't, I don't want to have relationships like that anymore. Um, but when you can have somebody and who's in your life, who knows that you have boundaries, who you can communicate your expectations with, that makes a huge difference. That changes the dynamic of a relationship. And you want to have those people in your life because they bring you peace because they help you maintain the peace that you're creating. So that is how, that's the next step, right? So we've learned all the different kinds of boundaries. We've learned where codependency comes from. We've learned how we have been codependent in previous relationships. And now we get to practice how we have boundaries. If that's something that is part of how you want to grow, heal, and change. Does it happen overnight? Absolutely not. Does it happen with time and with communication and with practice? Yeah, but it's up to you to do that. And you get the opportunity to start every day doing it differently. What I know to be true from a clinical perspective is change does not happen overnight unless something happens, right? Nothing changes if nothing changes. And sometimes we have been faced with immediate difficult changes. And we get to choose how we integrate ourselves into life with these changes happening. That said, relationships, especially ones that we've had for our whole lives or for a long time or whatever it is, if we want to have the best kind of relationship for us, for our healing, growing, changing selves, We have to orient the other person to our boundaries. We have to express our need for space, time, you know, physical touch, all of those things. We have to communicate that as growing, healing human beings that we have a lot of empathy and compassion for because we are working on loving ourselves better. It is our responsibility to communicate that. As we continue to practice communicating those needs and expectations, communicating our emotions in relationships that are safe, we continue to grow. And we model for those people around us how we want to be treated, just like we modeled how we wanted to be treated when we didn't have any boundaries. So we teach people how to treat us through our behavior and through our communication. All of that is complex and difficult, but not impossible. In my work as a clinician, and certainly now as a coach, what I know to be true is that as people practice their boundaries, as people practice communication, as people manage, you know, 
their anxiety, their depression, whatever, they get better. They just do. I mean, if you're doing these things consistently, just like with eating, just like with working out, just like with anything else, learning a new skill, if you practice it consistently and you fail and you fuck it up a million different ways, you will get better. Period. There's no other way to do it. And as human beings, we get the opportunity to get better and be a better version of ourselves as long as we are practicing the skills that we want to do best. Okay. And so that's the short way of saying, or the long way, depending on how 30 minutes works for you, saying that you can improve your dependence orientation from codependent to independent, and then having interdependent relationships where you can work together to build connection, communication, and understanding. It is not impossible to change and integrate this new knowledge into your life if your goal is to have the best kind of relationships with the people that you care about consistently. It is not impossible. It just takes practice and you are going to fail. In fact, I encourage failure regularly because how else are you going to get better at something, right? Fall, do it, totally fine. Then get up because what I know to be true is the resilient, human, amazing people that I have had in my office and in my life, those people fail, those people fall, those people fuck it up and then they get up because I am so grateful to have amazing, resilient humans in my life, both clinically and personally, ones that have been through really difficult things and then they get up and they keep going. So even if you're tired, sit down, rest, do whatever you need to do, get up tomorrow and do it again. That is your nugget for today. I am going to have a wonderful weekend. I hope that you have a wonderful weekend and whenever you're listening to this, you know, do all the things to take care of yourself and love yourself better. All of your parts at the same time. I will be back next week and I will talk to you soon. Uh, the next workshop is on the 17th at 5.30. If you're in Albuquerque, you know how to get a hold of me. I'll post it on Facebook. Uh, I'll post it on Instagram when it's time to register. Do all the things and we'll talk soon. Take care. All right. I am ending the podcast. Uh, hopefully you listened for that two minutes that it took me to end the video. And <laughs> uh, Albuquerque, 17th, Discovering Greatness. It's on my website. It'll be on, the, on Facebook and on Instagram. If you were in town and you want to come to the workshop, that's how you do it. If you want a coaching session and you live somewhere other than Albuquerque, you can absolutely get a hold of me and I can do online coaching sessions. Um, you go to my website, go to workshops or uh, schedule a session and I'll be able to do that. For everybody else, thank you so much for listening to the podcast um, and doing your work. I see you. I see people growing and changing all the time. And I know that this is not easy, but it is totally possible to have better relationships when you communicate what your expectations are, what your needs are, and your boundaries. I will be back next week. Thank you so much.